You're listening to Marketing News Canada, Canada's number one show featuring the brightest minds in marketing, PR, and digital advertising. Welcome to another episode of Marketing News Canada. This is very special as a long-time friend, Ben Johnson, is here from Frontier Consulting. Ben, good to have you on the show. Great to be here. Uh, did you see my little merch over here, by the way? I did. I can see. Yeah. <laughs> For those that are listening, uh, Ben has one of the most beautiful backgrounds at the moment. He's got a uh, bag from CBC. He's got a jelly shirt, even. And of course, his dodgeball shirt, Ball Huggers, which is great. Uh, for those <laughs> yeah. of you don't know, Ben Johnson is a big dodgeball player. Absolutely. And yeah, yes. a growing sport. Uh, what was fun is there's a Twitter account dedicated once the pandemic hit of like Zoom backgrounds. And I bought a, got a, this piano from, for my son. And I was in here and then I was like, this is an amazing Zoom background. And so yes. I like decided to like all these kind of personal items and create my ideal Zoom background. Not useful for everyone right now, but yeah, just, yes. just to have that like embrace that we're in our homes and, yep. and uh, you know, just make the most of my cage here. No, it's amazing. I always love seeing the backgrounds because people either pick art, books, yep. plants. Uh, I for a while had the little baby Yoda uh, just to create a little conversation. Yeah. yeah. Spoiler no, like, alert, Grogu. Yes, thank you, thank you. <laughs> Spoiler alert, perfect. So Ben, you also have a podcast. You started one as an agency owner. Tell us about the motivation, the why behind your show. I do, uh, yeah, um, and partly is like, you don't need a why for a podcast. It's really easy to get started, get going, and then figure it out. Um, we need way more podcasts in our world and different innovation and style. And so one thing is uh, Matt and I, we do it together and occasionally I have a guest. And I thought like we love having these conversations about fundraising. So in my marketing world is dedicated to charities and making sure that they do that direct response fundraising that raises more money. Um, but something that happens in the charitable world is you want to have these ongoing conversations about trends but the way trends happen in the fundraising world is like watching your dog run away in the prairies is you see them happening, you see them happening, jelly and, and the you know, proper business world might start doing it. And then, you know, hey, a few years, we're really getting interested in it. And hey, it's been half a decade. Let's really start to implement it. And by the time 10 years in, you can see a lot of charities have really taken on to the trend. And so one of the things I wanted to do is have that light space where we could have a conversation of what's happening in our world and if and you know what you know, implications it might have for fundraising, kind of like pop culture plus fundraising. That's really, really cool. So uh, give us some like the clients and brands that you work with at the moment. Yeah, and, and so our client base is Canadian, and we've got kind of four verticals that we would work with. One is the poverty relief organizations, some might refer to as soup kitchens, missions, is more of like a uh, kind of faith-based world. And um, we, over time, actually thanks to kind of connections from folks like yourself, we started working with international development organizations. Yeah. Not, not the super big ones, but the, the folks that maybe have some child sponsorship program or or kind of do a focus work like a, you know um, one client of ours Radanak does work in 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 Cambodia and so it has a particular focus or country that it's working with and and then we've we've started working with more health organizations so like you know, hospital hospice that sort of thing and and then I have a kind of a fourth bucket I call civic so it's like if you're wildlife rescue association or you're you're doing the things that we want in an ideal society Right? Not necessarily things that we have to have to serve our, our neighbor, like that poverty relief organization. So kind of the, the four types. 
And when they bring you in, when they bring in Frontier, what are the, the things they have you do? I, I, and, and again, it's, yep. is it different than if they brought someone in to do stuff for like a corporation or like a, you know, a business? Where, where do you see the results and the focus of your agency? Yeah, well, and like the, the whole usage of an agency is a relatively new thing for, for charities. Um, and, you know, if you kind of have that old adage, adage, like, do what you do best, delegate the rest, that wasn't a charitable leader that thought of that one. It was like, we want our people doing all the things and, and not, not at a, a, like a wrong-minded perspective, but it was like, well, you don't understand the work we do. And we want our people who love what we do. And, and it, just, it just seemed odd to outsource agency or marketing work. And I think one thing that when, when an organization brings us in, it's following that trend of a lot of organizations, when they need to do marketing, they shouldn't do it themselves, right? Like, I'm terrible at talking about myself. I shouldn't be doing my own PR, right? Who's Ben Johnson? Oh, mutter, mutter, mutter kind of thing. Well, charities kind of do the same thing, except they have what I call charity narcissism, which is they have a hard time talking to the donor where they're at. And there's a nice thing, whenever you're a marketing agency, you're positioned between the customer or the donor and the organization themselves. And you're like, hey, I'm not attending every committee meeting. It's okay that I'm a little bit ignorant because your donors, they're spending 15 minutes a year thinking about you at best. So we need to manage how, how little they're aware of all of your amazing programs. And we need to boil it down to, to this marketing language particularly to people who have never, ever given. And, and so acquiring a new customer, acquiring a new donor, that's, that's that, that, that pain point where a lot of organizations are like, I, I don't want to boil it down to a simple message. Uh, I want to tell them all the great stuff we're doing. It's like, once they're a donor, um, and so often we got brought in and, you know, agency of record style where we want to be a part of their team. So um, we get paid the way anyone who'd be employed would be paid uh, per month on a retainer. And, and we just, we want to work together for the goals for the year. And then the nice thing, anytime you work with an agency is usually an agency can be the size you need that year in that moment, right? And a real challenge for those charities that had that, that well, we want to hire someone to be our person. It's like, well, it's, you know, units of $50,000, right? Like, or more, right? Like, and, and so um, how do you hire a whole team if you're a small organization? And I, I really feel like that's where an organization like Frontier can really step in. And your focus when you come in, is it focusing on their digital efforts and their direct mail, like the print and, yeah, and mailings? Yeah, ideally both. You know, it's, it used to be like, you know, when, when you and I first met each other, particularly years ago, and was, I'd say there was like this false dichotomy of like the print donor versus the digital donor. And they're, they're different people. And I was like, well, here's some news. We're all just humans. So, and like all of us have phones now, by the way, and you know, you know your grandma has an email address as well as my daughter and son, and so like it's a human thing to be in a digital platform, and you know, newsflash, we all live in reality, kind of thing, and and one of the things I try and tell our clients too is like, hey, you know, Amazon is in the home delivery business, like when you send direct mail. You might use a digital platform at some point, but pretty much all the time it ends up in the physical world because that's where we are. And so like I started a hobby of buying baseball cards. I haven't yet bought the NFT version, but what's cool is I buy something on eBay and then I get a you know beautiful letter from somewhere else in North America and with the card inside. It's still yeah. a very physical experience. And so uh, trends that you're seeing in that world, like are, are you seeing people more excited about mail because there's so much digital or are you seeing people opt out of mail and prefer digital? Well, you know, it's, um, 
I think the the good thing about mail is, you know, lots of things are inflating in costs now, but not really mail. Like not really those production costs and postage. You know, again, the, the postage that an organization pays when they do mail isn't the same as when you go down to the store and buy a few stamps. And so, but the, the costs of communication in general is, is going up quite a bit. So to be able to efficiently do great direct mail really isn't that high a cost. So what's, what's really changing in my mind is becomes more technical so that you can have more innovation without spending more. And it's really, you know, uh, delivering a better story through a print medium is where, like, we've seen a lot of trends and improvements, whether it's an annual report, a great newsletter, you know, like the great photography that has happened in digital, all of a sudden you have these more resources of, hey, we can have a great feature image here. Yeah. And maybe the, like, the other trend of, like, how to integrate it better is, like, I think we obsessed a little bit too much as marketers of like QR codes and what about this personal URL? It's like, you know what? We just want a continued story. Yeah. Right? You don't need to have my name on the landing page per se, but if the story arc is connected, that's when it's a great trend and experience that I see more of. Yeah. No, that's, that's amazing. So when you look at, you know, I, I get the Insight Magazine from Canada Post, the, yeah. the stories in there, probably about half are from companies, the other half are from charities that are just trying new and innovative and creative things because post and postage continues to be the best way to connect with donors. And, and would you agree with that or is it? Is I, I, just- well, and um, I have sort of a kind of just, it's, you know, it's not a perfect uh, heuristic, but it was like what happens in ten, 10 minutes in direct mail takes 10 emails. And what I, what I try and mean by that is, is like the response rates you'll see if you do mail are way higher than a particular email that you'd send out. But the, the difference is like I might have this, this letter and it's, it's got a beautiful image by a mother and, and a child and it's a story about them and there's bolded text and like oh, this, is, this was what was happening. This is what happened when they joined this organization and, and got served. This is where things are going. And so the, that 10-minute experience of going through this, this document, when, when a digital experience, we're like, hey, uh, tomorrow I got an email coming your way. Hey, it's that day. I wanted to tell you about it. And like three years, three days later, you're, you're saying like, Hey, this is a reminder. We've got a couple days left, you know, two hours left. And then the next day you're like, Hey, I just wanted to thank everyone. Here's some photos. So you really, you kind of spread it out over multiple touch points. And I, I think there, it's just a different way to go about things. And, and so a case study of a good mail experience versus digital is usually the physical piece of mail tends to look better and be more of an innovative experience because it's all in one. Yeah, and I really like like the stuff that UGM Union Gospel Mission out yep. of Vancouver puts out. It's just it's practical, it's tangible, it gives you a, a really clear call to action of yep. how to help, and especially the seasonality of the way that they they send it out and the timing of it is is great. Yeah, and like and I think one great thing for organizations that. Like particularly like them, where you have like seasonality as part of the the calendar. So like for profit organizations try and think of like what is Darian's customer journey, versus it's Christmas time. This is what we want folks like Darian to be thinking about. So it's, it doesn't need to be following your journey as a donor, but to think about the annual arc of what how are we communicating throughout the year, and is there opportunities to talk about different programs and services. And that's like part of the storyteller's journey is like, hey, did you know we have summer camp? Hey, it's back to school. And a lot of charities try and tell everything at once. Like, hey, Darren, can I tell you about all of our amazing programs? And you're like, no. 
Can I tell you one story right now that will make you cry? And it's like, yes, please. Right? And like, can I give you an opportunity to be empathetic as a person? Right? And be generous and like, kind of just break free from that feeling of loneliness that we all have as humans. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. And, and one of the things I've learned, too, is with Canada Post, you can rent postal codes. Is that something that your agency has done where you can kind of, I guess, borrow them or rent them and then send pieces to, you know, postal codes that seem more generous or more affluent in, in the country? Yeah, yeah. Well, um, my, my joke is it's, it's nice to live in a country where the, the same company that owns my taxes does my mail. And uh, so uh, not sure how much they'd like that analogy, but um, as a marketer, there's all sorts of lists that are available. Um, and again, it's rented, not owning. So it's, it's yeah. this opportunity to send out mail to people who you have their contact information for a brief moment, or to know that the psychographics that are available for it, like, hey, Darian's living in a certain neighborhood and folks around him are very similar in their behaviors. And there's neighborhoods just like that across Canada, and here's where they are. And, and I think the kind of the more traditional 20th century view of marketing was, you know, age, sex, you know, location, like we're all like learning how to do IM in the 90s kind of thing. And I was like, no, like that's, it's his behaviors that really matter. And there's certain neighborhoods where a group of people have certain behaviors and, and they, they're very diverse group and different ages. It's just there's patterns that we have as, as people and and there's multiple cities that share that you know parts of cities that share that same pattern so there's a few different ways in in mail that you can kind of find your next customer or next donor that's amazing we uh, as a firm actually uh, borrowed or rented uh, all of the law firms across Canada to send yeah. a white paper to, and it was yep. amazing the response because they you know they got something physical they could read and, and engage with in, in their office yeah and like one thing i say about like rented lists is uh, like they don't know you but at least you know them. And so I could be like, dear Darian, you know, can I tell you this story that, that will make you open up your heart to someone else, right? Yeah. Uh, versus dear, dear person, dear neighbor kind of thing. And it's, when you say my name, I listen kind of thing, right? I remember one time you, you, we brought you in to educate a charity that was saying, you know, we want to grow our, our monthly 
database, you know, monthly yep. donors. Yep. That's the, the monthly yep. donors are the best. And I remember you walked them through the process of like, kind of like the dating process or the engagement process was you need to get them to actually become a one-time donor first yeah, and yeah. then yeah. look at converting them into the monthly. Tell us about kind of that donor journey process from zero to one-time yep. to monthly. Yeah, yeah. Well, the, the the bigger principle is anyone who's running a charity and you find yourself in that development or marketing job is this is a relationship, even if it's not one, you don't know the donor very well. Like there's kind of that major donor giving where you do know them and hey, how's the kids kind of experience? But like, how do I, if I do ultimately most value someone who's giving monthly and who doesn't love stable recurring revenue, right? Like that's why they want it. And uh, so it's like, hey, I don't know you yet, Darian, you're not a donor, but can you please become a monthly one? Because that's what I want most. Yeah, uh, You're an ATM. If, uh, you know, like, please just give this certain way. Uh, it'll reduce my administration costs, just so you know. Um, it means I don't have to communicate to you either. That, that's, that's the de facto charity model of bringing up monthly giving. This is how it's valuable to us. And that's where child sponsorship is, is another version of monthly giving. Right, like thirty dollars a month, or the, the nice thing that child sponsorship did in the past was, hey, here's here's something that it does at least versus yeah. it, it funds our organization kind of thing, right? Yeah. Uh, whether it was true or not, and kind of all the other issues with with sponsorship model. But like one of the things that we'd say is like, well, what do we know about someone that gives monthly? They give very frequently, and so like, how do we encourage the behavior that would lead to saying, hey, you know what, you should probably be doing giving monthly. Like, Darian, you gave four times last year. You know what the next logical step is? We have a program. It has a name. It has a purpose. And you know what? It's where our best donors go. Mm-hmm. So if you're looking for a direction and showing us what, like, what loyalty looks like, this is what it looks like to us. Mm-hmm. And I think either way, you should have a path for where your most loyal people should go. And that there should be steps in this process instead of like, hey, nice to meet you. Should we get married? It's like, hey, you know what? We had a great first experience, and I'd like you to have a great second experience, kind of thing. And and you learn more about me in the process, right? And and so it's it should be this unfolding communication of like learning more, but then learning that like their response with a gift is their acknowledgement of yes, I like this, kind of thing, right? It's amazing. That's it's such a neat process, and and I think those that work in advertising, marketing, communication, PR. Uh, you know, it translates so well into fundraising and, and vice versa. Yep. And, yep. and where would you say maybe some of the? I can see the similarities, but where would you say the differences are? If someone was to say go from, you know, working for a corporation or agency side to working in kind of your sector and the charity side and or a, you know agency that works for charities, what would you say the differences they're going to notice or see? Yeah, and I'm, I might answer it a little bit differently. Is like if I could give a of a warning to the very nice people who offer a discount on their services when they find a charity that they'd like to help. Yeah. And how do you be your most helpful self? Right? You're like, hey, we know what we're doing. We build websites or we do marketing campaigns. Darian's charity, we want to help you. And so you come in as as the folks that know how to do what you do, but not necessarily how to do it in a charity context. And sure enough, Darian's charity isn't doing, you know, best practices. But there are some ways that things can be made worse instead of better. And there's also like um, a lot of ad agencies can overemphasize how amazing what they do is, right? You know, like, oh, well, all you need is just a great ad campaign, then it's all done. Yeah. Look at what we've done for McDonald's. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, great. So the thing to remember is donors begin their journey 
probably at age 55, right? Hey, if you're a donor before then, good for you. Mm-hmm. But right now, especially baby boomers and the silent generation are, are donors. So one of the things, if you're building for the web, the pers- we saw one, one organization recently, they said her name's Joe, she's 26, she's a master's degree, she's a hairstylist and a barista. Well, that tells me she's dirt broke. She's, she's definitely not a donor, right? And versus Joanne, she's 65. She loves her kids. She owns her home. She misses her kids. And she wants to sponsor a child to feel connected with someone else. So just remembering that, for one thing, donors are older. And like older than most any staff of any ad agency, right? <laughs> like even, you know, I, like if you're a, you know, a Gen Xer, you're younger than most donors in Canada kind of thing. So one of the things I say is I take off my gra- glasses when I'm looking at a website. Mm-hmm. It shouldn't be difficult for me to navigate and give a gift with my glasses off. Wow. That's so like visual is we talk about accessibility and vision impairment. Yeah. But in anything, the, the, you know, I don't have the stat per se. It's like the amount of visually impaired people age 60 and over is, is quite high. And you know what? When you're just getting an email and looking at your iPad, like you might not be paying fully attention, right? Like we're not paid to give a donation. And so just remembering the quick attention span, this needs to be easy and simple and not necessarily like a video ad campaign where it's like, okay, we need a great musical score. And, you know, it's, it's not about that singular story of like the charity. It's, it's really about their ability to create stories. So the point number two is instead of like, hey, we went in there and we found the story of Darian who found the organization and got help. It's like if you could help them with their ability to create stories, then then that's like, you know, the buy the fish, teach them how to fish experience. Because otherwise they might be like, well, we have a story. Do we just keep using it forever? Uh, we did an ad campaign. That's good for a season. It's good for a while, right? Um, so from a digital perspective, I think there there tends to be an overemphasis on ads and awareness. Yeah. Uh, as well versus like, you know, the little bit more hard hitting stuff that we do, which is actionable direct marketing. Yeah. You know, so making sure that they build an email series or a campaign that, that something happens kind of thing versus like, okay, we're, we're going to do some shelter ads and people are going to be more aware of you and we'll get an award for it because it's beautiful. And I, I, you know, I hope you'll thank us for us because that was really generous of us to help your, your charity. Yeah, I I do love uh, UGMs uh, and not to keep mentioning them, but the yeah. the fact that they're at the things I get in the mail are the same every year. Because for me, I'm like they're consistent, and that's what it tells yep. me as the donor of like, oh, I love that they are doing the same thing and doing it really well. And they didn't spend a bunch of money on new yeah. collateral; they just used yeah. the same photo again and again. And I'm like, this is great. I know that yeah. most of the money is going to go to feed someone a turkey dinner or a Christmas dinner. Well, and if like one of the things is like any advertising organization, you know, David Ogilvy should be familiar, like kind of yeah. the, the original ad man, so to speak. And one of the things in one of his books is like, if it's, if it's working, you yeah. don't need to replace it. Yeah. Right. And I remember I was much younger when I first read that. And it was when like, I'm loving it had just came out. Mm-hmm. And I was like, hmm. and I'd gone to like Europe as well. And I was like, ooh, ich liebe es. And I was like, yeah. oh, like this is everywhere. Yeah. Like they didn't go like, well, it worked here. But we should probably just come up with something else there. Yeah. Right. Cause like, let's get paid twice. Yeah. Right. Uh, and then it's like, well, it worked in 2008. Should we keep doing it? It's like, yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, it still resonates. It's such a strong campaign. We know the tune. Uh, I'm loving it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And and there there's a power to consistency in conditioning donors in particular of yeah. like, oh, I know what to expect. Yeah. Um and and I think kind of from the ad perspective, there tends to be sort of an overzealousness of maybe the tagline is needs to be fresh all the time. Yeah. And it's actually we want to be familiar with with the organizations we support, right? Yeah. No, that's great. Ben, this has been it's been awesome. And are you ready to go into rapid fire round? Oh, absolutely. Well, yes and no. I was like, okay. I, thankfully, I'm like, I'm ready to go. But um, okay. this was the part that had me the most nervous. Oh, that's great. <laughs> um, ben, what was your first job? Um, so I was fortunate enough to grow up with a very entrepreneurial family. So mine was working the cash register at my family bakery. It's amazing. Are you a night owl or uh, early bird? I'd say a gentle medium, but if anything, early bird. Nice. Cat or a dog person? Cat by far. What was the first thing that you marketed, or in your case, fundraised for? Yeah, you know, it's um, it's actually funny enough a combo of the two. I hosted, a, I did a tourism and hospitality program uh, for my kind of first post secondary education, and I did an afternoon tea. Um, so I invited a whole bunch of kind of people from my town and mm-hmm. raised some money, and yeah, that's awesome. Are you a uh, dark or milk chocolate fan? Milk chocolate. Also, any of us that have kids, it'd be hard to be a dark chocolate person. Yeah. Um, favorite word right now? Ooh, catalyst. Nice. Uh, what is the last charity you supported financially or with volunteer time and why? Um, you know, my, my funny answer to that is government. I okay. love civic government. Okay. Um, and I think particularly we undervalue it as a, you know, you know like we say non-governmental organizations and charities. Mm-hmm. I think they're, they're serving the gap of civic organizations. Yeah. And, and I just kind of learned to appreciate them more lately. That's great. A- any in particular or just kind of the... the, the oh, no, no, I mean like, you know, my local city kind of thing and, and just kind of understanding uh, provincial yeah. politics better and kind of the massive economic yeah. system that is like, say, where we are, province of B.C., Cool. That's awesome. Uh, what's a movie that you love? Oh, Memento. Nice. Uh, it just blew my brains when I was yeah. like 15 and I've never, never stopped loving it. Great. Uh, favorite song or album on repeat right now? Uh, I uh, took me a minute to check my Spotify, Beers and Sunshine, uh, Darius Rucker. And I, okay. you know, I, as you know, we're recording right now with like 15 degree weather and sunny. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's gorgeous. It's gorgeous. Uh, if you weren't doing this job, what would you be doing? Uh, I think you know that's a tough one. Is anyone entrepreneurial? Mm-hmm. I, you know, I'd probably be, you know, just working a marketing and sales job for an organization with a deep purpose. So yeah. that's kind of my answer. Nice uh, app on your phone you can't live without. Oh well, Instagram. Unfortunately, I'd say otherwise. Overcast for podcast, and yep. I've just recently got a Whoop. Yeah, in love with it. Okay, uh, what is your favorite children's book? Harry Potter. Uh, what's the most important thing you've ever changed your mind about? I would say homeownership. Uh, I don't know about you, but it's like a, you know, I grew up with it as a virtue that we should all have. And then I was like, well, learn to say maybe not. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Well, um, check out Rise is doing a thing to kind of elevate renters and, and make mm. sure that uh, renters know that it's just as awesome to rent as it is to own. So uh, something to check out for sure. What is the best thing you bought for under $10? So you might think this is cool, but um, 
we had a former Frontier employee, I guess, donate their jacket to the local thrift store. Okay. And my daughter and I found it, like just yeah. stumbled upon it. And so she wanted it for herself. She was the right size. So she thinks it's the coolest thing ever that we found a Frontier jacket at the thrift store. Oh, that is awesome. That is really cool. <laughs> what is a marketing book that you'd recommend? Basically anything that uh, Seth Godin's ever written. Okay, nice, nice. He is, uh, he's, yeah, he's, I, and have you read his newest book? That just came no, out? I haven't actually. Well, he's, he's just such a prolific communicator yeah. that's hard to keep up. And yeah. my theory with business books is they've, every business book has already been created yes. and some are just being rewritten. No, his stuff is uh, his stuff is very inspiring for sure. Uh, what is a podcast you'd recommend? Against the Rules with Michael Lewis. Okay, nice, very cool. Uh, newsletter or website you recommend for resources, inspiration? I love following Five Thirty Eight, um, and then part of what they're good at is data journalism. So yep. being able to visually present their information. Awesome, that's great. Uh, what's the last thing you Googled? So uh, my son has like great hair and I've always had a boring haircut, but um, Mads Mikkelsen, uh, okay. he's like a Danish actor, yeah. has like the coolest hair all the time. And okay. I was like, yeah, I think my son could kind of follow in his style. Yeah. Okay. You, uh, you are in Victoria, home yeah. to Matt, Maddie Conrad, a very famous hair. Yes. Hair, yeah, speaking uh, of awesome hairstyles and learning I, how I, to cut I don't know beard, if he's, right? I don't know if he still cuts hair. If you could book an appointment with Maddie at his... Salon. I think once the blue moon he does, but like okay. um, it'd be a treat. It's probably yeah, like he, a VIP he cuts experience. Hair, but like part of like on his Instagram videos, like you say, yeah, yeah. or uh, giving tutorials. Yeah, yeah. yeah. His barber shop in Victoria. I guess he's also got one in Gastown. Okay. It's just it's a pretty cool experience. No, it's amazing. I wonder if I could look as good as him if I if he cut my hair. Is that part of the promise? Oh man, that he, might be. he just has the perfect look though too. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Right. He's like kind of like the, you know, man's man. And, yeah. but like, it's funny. It's like even learned a little bit of like where to cut. And yes. Like, oh, yeah. Wow. That really matters. Yeah. Uh, wow. That has a good. huge effect. Yeah. And, and in case you're listening, uh, wondering, um, <laughs> Maddie Conrad, you can go to GQ and any of the uh, beard cutting tutorials on GQ is yeah. uh, from a uh, fellow Victorian, Maddie. And, yeah. and he's millions brilliant. of views. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what is a life hack you'd be willing to share? Okay. Yeah. I was hoping you were going to ask this one. So, um, you know, before the pandemic, I used yeah. to travel a whole bunch. Yeah. And there's those blog posts of like, hey, 15 things you never knew you needed to know. And one of them was that there's the arrow on a gas tank. Yes. Um, like, And so it's just like, if you're looking and like, if you go into a vehicle and the arrow is pointing to which side the gas tank is on. I was like, this is a life changer. Like the amount of times you pull up, you know, like, even for a vehicle that you own, I'm like, oh, I forgot it's on that side. So yeah, huge one is just look for which direction the triangle's pointing. That's where your gas tank is. Brilliant. I, I actually saw that on a, a few years ago on Ellen's Instagram. And that was yeah. my, uh, you yeah. know, I was, what is it? I was 35 years old when I learned that type of thing. Yeah. I was, yeah. I was today years old. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Ben, this has been great. Thank you for coming on the show. Uh, where can people find you? Where can they follow you? Where can they listen to you? Yeah, yeah, good question. Uh, at Mr. Ben Johnson on Instagram. Uh, so company is Frontier.io um, and our podcast is Frontier.fm. Amazing. This has been a real pleasure. Many moons ago, man, years ago. I, I, I can't remember how, to the yeah, date. Can we but talk I about the meet cute? I think the, it was the, like 2013 to- maybe? Yeah, I went to a, I want to say Elijah hosted it. I think yeah. it was. It was one of those uh, charity meetup things. And I heard you speak and was really inspired. And And I think having worked in the charity sector and tech and charity, I think our paths crossed yeah. often. And then it was just been so great to see the friendship grow from there and to see our worlds collide and, yeah. you know, the birth of Lumo and, 
yeah. and kind of where that went and, and even just kind of all the, uh, the opportunities where we get to connect. And I think um, part of uh, those that are agency owners still listening to the show, mm. um, Ben was a huge inspiration to us starting a uh, meetup where other agencies owners would share kind of financials and where we're at and what's working, what's not working. And you continue to be that inspiration to say, okay, how do we as agency owners get smarter, better with how we're running uh, our system? So. Thank you for yeah, being such a, yeah. a catalyst for that. Uh, and now <laughs> nice. I think we've got over 200 agency owners on a Slack channel in Vancouver. It really is incredible. Or, or I should say in British Columbia, um, yeah. sharing best practices, resources. You know, a guy just posted yesterday about a tax benefit if you've been hiring more staff to you know, sales opportunities to uh, clients to watch out for. So it's, uh, it's been a real treat for sure to see that kind of grow. Awesome. Yeah, my, my overall philosophy was like, uh, think of each other as cousins instead of competitors. Yeah. And realize we're going to be probably in each other's lives for a long time. Yeah. So maybe think much more long term, right? A good way to put it. Yeah, and, and I love that slogan, you know, the rising tide rises all boats, right? Mm-hmm. And, it's, and I think that's where if we keep lifting each other up, I think our industry will be lifted up along the way. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Well, thanks again for being here, Ben. And uh, thanks, everyone, for listening in on uh, a conversation with Ben Johnson, uh, not the runner. And uh, (laughs) appreciate all you've shared here, Ben. And we'll see everyone next time on Marketing News Canada. Thanks for listening to Marketing News Canada. For more episodes and other great stories from Canadian marketers, visit marketingnewscanada.com. All episodes are recorded at the Jelly Marketing Studio, thanks to our producer, Chris Penner, and editor, Travis Jeffers. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.